come and get your sex toy <laughs> at adamandeve.com. Obviously, we're hooking you up. Uh, when you enter our exclusive code at checkout, seven, that's S-E-V-E-N. Not only do you get 50% off the one item, you'll also get 10 tantalizing free items. That's kind of crazy. For your viewing pleasure, six free sexy movies. Whoa. I feel like they're like super vintage. Yeah. I hot. Hope. Hot. You know, <laughs> vintage is all the craze now. Yeah. Next, a free mystery pack that includes an item for him, a special toy for her, and something we know you'll both enjoy. Gender isn't real and everyone's going to enjoy all yeah. the toys. That, that was um in the notes (laughs) plus plus free free shipping shipping. now that's a lot of free valentine stuff so head on over to adamineve.com and be sure to use offer code seven again that's s-e-v-e-n because without it there will be no free valentine stuff nailed it cover by Nora Jones by Emma Blackman. The second was an original by Emma Blackman. Rock and the third was another original by Emma Blackman. That's our theme song for SMH Pod. Yeah, bitches. I'm going to take this off because Miriam did. Yeah, it's a cooler look. Uh, I have a few thank yous before we get the show started. Uh, I want to thank my brother and my cousin and my sister-in-law for coming, despite whatever freaky shit I say tonight. Uh, I want to thank Rachel, my best friend and roommate over there, for doing the presentation. Her lovely boyfriend, Hunter, for taking some pics. I want to thank Jared. Where is he? Jared over there. He's the doorman. Uh, Kirsten for doing the live. Hi, everyone. What up? Thank you so much for tuning in. Um, who else do I want to thank? Oh, Emma, obviously, for Duh. doing the music, for just being an incredible friend. Uh, and Miriam oh. for starting this podcast with me. Yeah. Uh, so this is our one-year anniversary show. Uh, <laughs> It's an honor of Valentine's Day. It also happens to be Tu Bishvat, which is the Jewish New Year. Um, my brother's name is Elon. It is. It's tonight, Elon. Okay, it's the Jewish Tree New Year. My brother's ma- name means tree, uh, so we joke it's his birthday. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, we're going to get this started. Yeah. Yeah. Let's um, do it. Okay, cool. Um, we, are we just going to stand? Should we sit on this little table here? Oh, Maybe? Probably. Yeah. Uh, I hope everybody heard that on the recording. Yeah, me too. Okay, here we go. Oh. Oh, all right. I guess I'm oh, in front. I don't know. Center. Okay, fine. My skirt's really yeah. short. <laughs> like, That's what they came here for, Miriam. Short. Yeah, I know. Give the people what they want. <laughs> um. Okay, so Miriam was just on vacation, and I like literally just saw her. I haven't even talked to her. She, she started to tell me some gossip. Uh, and I was like, just save it for the pod. Always. So let's just like jump we, in. We like, literally can't talk to each other because when we do, it's like, no, 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 no. We're recording. Because we're really bad at faking it. Yeah, we can't fake I could never excitement. be an actress because I just don't emote the same emotions. Oh my yeah. God, camera. <laughs> um, it's right there. So you fucked a, a sailor? Uh, hold on. Slow. <laughs> 
I went to Costa Rica last week. Um, I went by myself, and it was like a spiritual self-journey, but I won't bore you guys with the deets there. But yes, I did fuck my surf instructor. I don't think those are boring <laughs> deets. That's always my goal, and I've made out with my surf instructor like a year ago, a different one. Um, okay. But I didn't want to fuck him, so I didn't. Um, Why not? Uh, he like he was really mad at me for not doing a good job at surfing. <laughs> and I was uh, like, dude, I'm on vacation. Like, I'm just trying to surf. No, that's like going to the dentist thinking that they're going to be mad at you for like getting your cavities filled, exactly. but like a reality. Yeah, like he was actually mad at me. I was like, I'm not training for the <laughs> surf Olympics, you know? It was like felt like a trigger to my childhood fencing days. Uh, That's hot. <laughs> yeah, he was really sexy. We had chemistry. He's 24. I'm 24. Uh, <laughs> wow. We flirted a lot, and like I knew from the moment I saw him that we were gonna fuck. And how did you know? Because he put zinc on his face, and I was like, I'm not doing that because I want you to like think I'm hot. But I didn't say that out loud. And he was like, No, like you should like protect yourself. And I was like, oh. <laughs> did you use a condom, though? Yeah, we did, we did. He, yeah. had, he brought them. Oh. I mean, I had them, too, but... What type? I didn't look. I just, I didn't look at the packaging, but I looked that there was a condom, obviously. <laughs> I didn't just take his word for it. Um, was yeah. it good? So, the craziest thing, and the thing I won't shut up about to, like, anyone who asks me, is that how hard and flat his, cock was. his body was. Okay. And his cock. <laughs> he had, like, his arms, but also... Specifically, the ab section was flat, like just flat and hard, like a fucking table. It was really so. Crazy. There were no like ridges, like there were uh, ridges, but it was like it was. I felt like I could still put a cup on it, full of water, and it wouldn't fall over. Like one of those temperpeding mattresses, you put a wine glass, you start jumping, and it just like doesn't. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was really, really crazy, and um, it was really hot, and I obviously came because you guys know Did I come, he come all the time. Yeah, what about I, male orgasm? I don't huh? know if he came. I didn't pay attention. <laughs> it was hot. Um, I rode on his motorbike too. That was like the foreplay. Legs wrapped around him. You know, you got some clit action the on there. The entire bike ride, I just wanted to suck on his ear, but I couldn't do it yet because we hadn't kissed or anything yet. I don't want to be weird, but like my Wait, head. Wait, did that one guy he? he he leaned in for a kiss and like made out with your ear and yeah. <laughs> I so talked like, about that on the pod. <laughs> I feel like my microphone's so much louder than yours. Oh, Is that true? Do you guys feel that way? No. No? no? It's in your head. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so that was my <laughs> Costa Rica surf instructor sex experience. Are you WhatsApping experience. him? No, I'm... Okay, this is where the story gets sour. <laughs> okay. I messaged him the next day and I was like, that was so fun. Um, I'm going back to New York tomorrow, but like, if you're ever in New York or if I'm in, I'm back in Nosara, like I'll hit you up. You hit me up. Here's my Instagram. He never responded he to my WhatsApp. You. He read it. There was the two blue check marks. Um, and he never followed me on Instagram, but I did find his Instagram and showed anyone who will look at his abs. Sounds like some infatuation. <laughs> Honestly, on I your would end. put it on this, on this. Projector, projector right now but it's probably not ethical so i feel like he's one of those dudes i feel like adam sandler has a movie with this where he like he's like the instructor and he just fucks like tourists and then doesn't talk to them afterwards yeah yeah, yeah. that's probably it. yeah i feel like you could you could be one of those guys <laughs> maybe <Yeah. laughs> i one of those girls one of those girls i feel like if i was a man i would care about a woman's pleasure Oh, you know? shots fired. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. That's all. Okay. Uh, raise your hand if you're horny. Yeah. 
I didn't say say yeah. I just said raise your hand. No audience participation vocally needed. Uh, great. We're going to talk about love, which doesn't sorry. necessarily mean horniness. I mean, uh, love gets me horny. Does it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like romantic love. Oh. Platonic love is a different story. <laughs> anyway, I guess back to me since I didn't really do anything when Miriam was gone. Good. I didn't really know what to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> we, did, we, were, we pre-recorded a bunch of episodes. I didn't edit them. So sorry, nothing came out this week. Uh, I I guess I had some sex. Nothing worth mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> Brutal. They all know. I who didn't it mean was. it like that, you guys. <laughs> it was it was very good. If you're reporting back. <laughs> But you used the O-Nut, right? I did, yeah. Okay, this is not an ad, so don't let them know because they're not paying for us Or let this. them know and tell them they should pay us. Or, for yes, the word conversely. Jackie, I love that shirt. I know. So cute. I was talking about Is that from Barney's? <laughs> off sale, guys, because Barney's is closing. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so O-Nut is like this gummy type like circle device that you put on a dick like when your dick is too big essentially so yeah I had to use that with a guy Uh, it (laughs) dick is too big it's too dang big or maybe my vagina is just super shallow I don't know again Elon I'm really sorry (laughs) um (laughs) I don't think that he liked it that much but I'm gonna try again I feel like we needed two stocks of them and we only used one so it wasn't enough it, I don't it wasn't yeah. enough <laughs> uh, so I'll report back next podcast yeah. hopefully yeah um okay are you guys ready are we ready I said are you guys ready I didn't think that would work that was awesome <laughs> hit it Emma sack sack I love that song. So sexy. <laughs> what is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Okay. That was rehearsed like 10 times. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't rehearsed at all. None of this was rehearsed. So sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I rehearsed many times. Okay. So in the 90s, this anthropologist, Helen Fisher, studied a bunch of different societies, 166 to be exact. Wow. And she observed uh, like evidence of romantic love in 147 of those societies. So that goes to show, or I think we can all theorize or hypothesize that there's a biological reason for love and that love is biological. It's not made up. Something interesting and funny, and I think anyone who's ever been in love I'll be and the judge of that. stop loving that person can relate. Um, love deactivates neural pathways for any negative emotions, including fear and judgment. So maybe you're not afraid of the person, you're, you're not judging them because you love them. Um, and our ability to make critical assessments of people we love completely shuts down when we're in love. So I know I've defended my shitty ex to my friends, and I think like that's what you tend to do, even if they're not shitty. If your boyfriend, mm-hmm. girlfriend, and befriend does Fuck something boys. weird, yeah, you defend them Fuck because girls. you can't even see that. That's kind of an example of that. In my last relationship, I ignored all the red flags, but now when I'm dating a new guy, I nitpick because you don't love him. Okay, when somebody has bad grammar, how does that make you feel? It depends how bad. Your and two is 
a no-go. Like, I'm sorry, reread the text. At least correct it. But if you're not even going to correct it, I don't want to talk to you. Okay, my ex is a lawyer, or he's about to graduate law school, uh, and he could not, for the life of him, do your two, theirs, Ooh. none of them. And I would How correct him. How was he in him. law school? I don't know. <laughs> I really don't. But I feel like that's kind of common with people like him. People like him. <laughs> people like that. <laughs> uh, and I would, like, try and correct him, and he would get really pissed. And then the funny thing is he would get pissed when I wouldn't text him and capitalize the first letter of his name. And I was like... <laughs> You're not an important character, honey. <laughs> I only recently stopped communicating with him, so this, I guess, all of this will explain why. <laughs> so, love is a little bit of a bunch of things, but it consists of two big stages. Uh, the first is infatuation, and the second is attachment. Um, and this was supposed to be where I was going to ask an audience question, but the answer is on the slide, so I will ask one later. <laughs> My question was, how long does infatuation last? <laughs> so typically it lasts one and a half to two years, but if you're long distance, it's going to last longer, and if you spend all your time together, it's going to go by shorter. Who here has felt feelings of infatuation towards another person? Yeah, <laughs> it's a lot of you. <laughs> So infatuation is an intense but short-lived passion or admiration for someone or something. Um, but we also talk about it in terms of humans. Infatuation. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's all that slide is there for. <laughs> so, you know, the topic of this podcast episode, love is like a drug, so the first part of love is like cocaine. Um, and I think people who felt infatuation, which was like almost everyone in here, can kind of understand that if you've also done cocaine. <laughs> which there's probably a big crossover Raise there too. Raise your hand. <laughs> Fucking losers. Hand, in here. <laughs> so people who are experiencing infatuation actually have higher levels of dopamine, cortisol, and serotonin, which are all levels that also go up when you do cocaine. <laughs> Uh, dopamine is involved with your reward system, your pleasure, your motivation. So like you seek things out because it releases dopamine. Cortisol is your stress hormone. That like that's the flight or fight response, heart racing, stressing, maybe some negative emotions too. And serotonin regulates your mood. So you want if you have a lot of serotonin, that's what happens when you take Molly. You have like a flood of serotonin. Hey. Everything's amazing. Um, and if you have depression, you don't have enough serotonin. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so symptoms of infatuation may include Wait, a she's, lot of She's throwing up things. love? Yeah. The internet said that was Banksy. I don't, I don't know. I, I guess it kind Maybe of... Maybe it was like inspired by Banksy? I don't know. No, it, it looks Banksy. Banksy. Yeah. Okay, cool, okay. cool. Thanks. Um, yeah, so the symptoms of infatuation are kind of similar to the symptoms of cocaine. You can't sleep and you don't really need as much sleep. Your mood swings. So if the, pers the object of your infatuation like is being really nice to you and amazing, you're like... Ah, on top of the world, cocaine, like Wolf of Wall Street type shit. Um, but if the object of your infatuation is ignoring you or isn't treating you well, you're going to feel like shit. Um, yeah, and you make bad choices, which I think we've all done in the past, potentially on cocaine as well. Um, and in terms of intensity of infatuation, it really varies from person to person and from situation to situation. So if you're with someone who's like kind of crazy and you're kind of crazy and you're both infatuated with each other, things can go a little crazy. But if they're chiller, 
you're still gonna feel infatuation, but it might not be as intense. So back to this infatuation curve. Um, there's a point where infatuation ends and attachment begins. And that happens at around, as I said, 18 to months to two years for most relationships. If you're long distance, it could take up to three. The neurochemicals associated with infatuation, as I mentioned, dopamine, norepinephrine, same shit as cortisol, and serotonin. Um, and attachment, there's these neurochemicals associated with it, which I'll get into. But what's interesting about attachment, as you can see, the magnitude of your feelings towards someone goes up and down and up and down. So you're more likely to break up when you're at this point or at this point, and you're more likely to be like, fuck no, we're staying together at that point. Um, and it's just normal. So like, if you feel like maybe there's a lull in your relationship, things might change. Um, and there's things that you can do to change it. When you're fucking uh, you, and you come, even if you don't, but especially if you do, you're gonna release opiates in your brain. So you're basically on heroin whenever you're coming. Opioids are vital to forming an attachment with someone. So prairie voles are these animals. I should have actually gotten a picture up here. But they pair bond for life. They're like super monogamous AF. And so there was an experiment done that basically blocked their ability to feel the opiate, opioid release. And they were less likely to pair bond and bond for life due to lack of opioids. May I interject here? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Oh. Uh, <laughs> so I went to Indiana University, which is home to the Kinsey oh. Institute. I'm sorry, this wasn't planned. Uh, and Alfred Kinsey was considered the father of human sexuality, although he was kind of a creep. Like, you know, I, I don't want to get into fave. it. What? A problematic fave. Yeah, yeah, definitely. When he started the Kinsey Institute, which is like the premier sex research institute in the States and probably the world, um, he didn't think that love could be studied. 70 years later, and I know this because I did a project for uh, my journalism class, uh, I interviewed the new director who was all about studying love, and she's the Sue Carter. She's the person who did the study on prairie voles. Oh. Um, interestingly, I, as, after I did this whole project, um, I talked to another guy who worked on Rashida Jones' um, Netflix documentary. Um, fuck, I don't remember what it's called. Huh, what? Yes, Hot Girls Wanted. <laughs> Rashida yeah. Jones, is that? Okay, Brian Paul is his name. Um, so he told me that nobody really liked this woman, <laughs> the director. So uh, she just stepped down this year. I graduated two years ago. Uh, and this other guy who I really love, Justin Garcia, who's like the science researcher for Match.com, is now the acting director. So there you guys Flex go. on them. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so another one of the neurochemicals that are associated with attachment is oxytocin. It's the cuddle hormone. So if I cuddle with Emma right now, Ooh, oxytocin flowing. Um, and it releases way more when you have bare tummy to tummy contact. And you don't really do that with a lot of people in your life. Like you mostly do that with someone you're fucking or maybe your baby like will lay on your belly. Um, it's a very intimate feeling. So oxytocin promotes pair bonding, but it also is responsible for bonding between mommies and their babies, and as I said, friends, and it just makes you feel good. And a crap ton gets released when women or people with vulvas are ejecting humans from their bodies. It like Childbirth. overload of oxytocin. Childbirth is the word, yes. <laughs> 
and it also releases a lot during breastfeeding. So it really causes a bond and between orgasm. two people. And orgasm. Um, and so it causes you to feel good and it also makes you really trust the person. But it comes with the flip side because it does cause feelings of jealousy. And one thing that I think is really interesting or really stuck out to me when I first learned about this is it, it actually affects how memories are encoded in your brain. So if you have a lot of oxytocin like associated with a specific person, you're more likely to encode positive memories and not encode negative memories. So like I know when my ex would do some shitty shit, even like really crazy shitty shit that I should have remembered, uh, my friends would bring that up and I'd be like, I literally forgot that that happened, even though it was like wild, you know? Uh, but that's because I had so much oxytocin flowing, so I was only remembering the good things. Mm-hmm. Um, and vasopressin, I couldn't find that much information about it. It's like also it. ADH, antidiuretic hormone, so maybe you don't pee as much. But <laughs> it, the biggest role it plays in attachment is monogamy and like influencing feelings of monogamy. Um, and so, yeah, the reason why I like wanted to really talk about the oxytocin and the mom-child bonding is that love is made up of three big components so there's lust which is like i want to fuck you um but there's also the parent child and the child parent relationship so like you feel like you're taking care of this person but you also really feel like this person's taking care of you um and all three components are really important to like feeling attachment and the reason why attachments like heroin is the opioids but also when you end a relationship with someone that you're attached to it really fucking sucks um, and before Ariel gets into that, we totally forgot to announce our giveaway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We're giving away, like, my favorite vibrator ever. It's the Lawand Massager. It's a big-ass wand. It's pretty expensive. And, like, I don't even like clitoral vibration, but that shit makes me come really hard. So what do you do when you don't like the vibration, like, directly okay. on your clit? So I don't do the direct vibration on my clit. Uh, you can put it over your hand and use that. What I do is a very detailed diagram representation necessary, it. but basically I put my feet together, like, in butterfly pose, lay on my back. I'm holding the end of the vibrator with the my ankles, like, my heels. That's the word. And Like the, the wands, the wand of it? Yeah, the end of yeah. the wand. And then yeah. the top of the wand, the vibrating part, I put it against like the opening near my vagina and it makes like my legs vibrate and like everything vibrate. It's really crazy. And then I'll do that in tandem with finger on the clit or finger on the clit and glass wand. Oh. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of tools required. Okay, so. Not really. New, how do you win this millennial yeah. pink toy? It's millennial pink. I think. Oh my God, amazing. It's the one they just sent me, right? I don't know. Okay. I don't know which one it is, but it's whatever it is. It's very expensive and very good. Very expensive. Um, If you want to enter the giveaway, uh, make an Instagram story, tag us, and tell the world your favorite thing about SMH Pod because it's it's our one year anniversary. It's at SMH Pod. If you don't know that, like. Um, And then we will very much subjectively choose the winners. So. There is no algorithm. Back to you, Ariel. So I have never been in love before. I thought I was. I wasn't. I have done cocaine. <laughs> it's not that great, in my opinion. I do think Molly's a lot better. But that's not what we're here to talk about. I agree. So if love is like a drug, and drugs help manage pain, can love help manage pain? Ooh. It's obviously yes, because that's where I'm going here. 
<laughs> there was this study started by Arthur Aaron and Sean McKay who met at this neuroscience conference and they were like little neuroscience conference BFFs and they get to talking and they're like, oh my God, who Arthur Aaron, he was an expert on love and Sean McKay is on pain and they were like, oh, there's actually a big overlap in both of these things. So like, let's do a study, which is pretty fucking adorable That's if like you ask us, me. I feel like. Yeah, sort of. <laughs> yeah, we met at a sex phone yeah. and we were like, let's, yeah, okay. We're Arthur Aaron and Sean McKay. Basically. The Sean McKay to my Arthur Aaron. They decided to do a study to test this hypothesis and they put flyers around um, SUNY's Stony Brook, I think it's the school, and they were, are you in love, flyer? And they got a shit ton of participants to join, but they actually, the study was only with 15 students. There was, I believe, eight uh, women and seven men, which is a pretty small sample size, but we're going to talk about it anyway because that's what we got. So the author said, this is the easiest study pain center at Stanford has ever recruited. Sorry, it wasn't Sony Brook, it was Stanford. Uh, <laughs> for when you're in love, because when you're in love, you want to tell everyone. Um, again, I don't really get that. If you guys have been in love, like, good for you. <laughs> Um, so 15 college students uh, were involved in the study, as I said, and the hypothesis was that love and cocaine would both target dopamine, which acts as a pain reliever. So we already know that love activates the dopamine sensors in your brain, and so does cocaine. So it's kind of like, why are you even doing this study? Like, we can kind of connect the dots already. Um, so the study, what they did was the 15 participants um, looked at pictures of their current lovers, where they were very much infatuated with. And then they also looked at photos of randos, acquaintances that they don't really care about. And they also were asked random questions, uh, just like didn't have anything to do with it. During that time, they were also ho holding like a heat sensor. Um, and throughout the entire time, they were asked how much pain they were in. The results show that looking at pictures of your boo thing, and then also when you were being asked random questions, which distracted you from the pain, both of those things relieved pain more and like activated sensors in your brain more uh, than looking at pictures of acquaintances. So we can say that, yes, um, love can act as a pain reliever. And with this... Uh, suggests is that we can actually use non-medical forms to or non-medicines to target pain relievers but we don't know how yet but just keep that in mind for the future that's pretty badass if love can make you feel really good and so can cocaine cocaine can also make you feel really shitty so we all know those cocaine hangovers uh, and love can know. make you <laughs> Love can make you feel really shitty as well. This study was basically the inverse of the study that I just spoke about. And this one was led by Helen Fisher, which Miriam talked about earlier, um, who is not actually Jewish. I thought she was. Mm. Lucy Brown, however, Yeshiva University student. Oh, Holla at my girl. <laughs> so this study was called Reward, Addiction, and Emotion Regulation Systems Associated with Rejection in Love. Um, so they did the same thing. Again, basically the inverse. They posted a flyer have you just been rejected but can't let go and like everyone on campus was like yes <laughs> um, so again another 15 students um, and they showed photos of their exes um, and so while the participants were looking at photos of their exes they were hooked up to an MRI people were thinking of their exes 85% of the time 
Um, and they also lacked emotion control, which the study says inappropriate calling. So basically they were triple, <laughs> quadruple texting them. Yeah. Uh, they were like showing up at their doorstep, begging to be taken back. They were drinking a lot, a lot of destructive behaviors. Um, so basically the, res the results showed that the brain lit up the same areas as a coke addict is going through withdrawal, as a person is going through basically love withdrawal. Um, and that was all associated with physical pain and just, you know, all that fun stuff that comes with uh, drug withdrawal. So I have a question. Have you done the triple quadruple texting thing ever? Like after a breakup? Yeah. No. I'm what too about anxious. After being like rejected? Like, no. What about being ghosted? Um, being ghosted? I don't know. I feel like it's been so long. Wow. <laughs> I, f <laughs> I don't think I really have done that stuff because I'm too anxious. Yeah. And I'm like, just very much fear of rejection. I'm like, they already don't want to talk to me. So like, I'm not gonna. But I have fallen into like, very much reading into the lines, which we'll, we'll get into a yeah. little bit later. I love this comedian, Dana Donnelly. Okay, for um, the podcasters. She says, I love getting closure, asterisks, forcing a guy I've been dating on and off for a year to watch me sobble. He goes, yeah, I don't know what to say. Sorry, dude. <laughs> that is an exact text that I've gotten. <laughs> so we're going to talk how to love detox. So just like being addicted to a drug and you go through withdrawal, we're going to talk about love withdrawal and uh, how to actually get through that because we don't all know. So first... Oh, well, actually, there's a little tweet here, too. Everyone post-breakup will really, I'm in a good place right now, you to death. I know you cry at night. <laughs> Have you cried over, like, a casual date? No, not a casual date. I mean, okay. <laughs> Have you? I mean, <laughs> what's casual? <laughs> okay, fuck you, bye. <laughs> Have you guys not? Not? Nah? No. <laughs> That's my like girl. A fuck three times type thing. <laughs> anyway. I thought you would have more people relating to you. Um, so when I was doing research for this, I was looking at an article, and uh, there was a straight quote, and I can't source it because I don't remember where it's from. But it says, love can be intoxicating at first, but when it turns sour, it can get just as dangerous and insidious as Coke. Think about that the next time you flirt with the person next to you at the bar. Whoa. And then I say, and instead just do cocaine because it's going to be the same you know, feeling. I feel like people are already so scared to flirt with people. We did not need that quote. <laughs> All right. All right. Go cold turkey. Don't look at their social media. Ooh. Don't check to see if they're watching your story, which I incessantly do. <laughs> Block them on everything. Block them on WhatsApp, WhatsApp, Snapchat, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Can you block someone on TikTok? Probably. You should. Twitter. Yes. Twitter. <laughs> Gmail. Tumblr. I had to block my ex on Gmail, Hotmail, Yahoo. Hotmail? <laughs> Shut up. Are you Hot joking? Mail. Why do you have a Hotmail? It's from an, another time. <laughs> I didn't know you were that old, dude. <laughs> Flee the country. Helen Fisher says that if you go somewhere else, you will just like be in a better mindset. You'll be away from wherever you were. And actually, I was pretty hung up on this dude right before I went to um, Amsterdam and Paris. 
and I went there and I got a lot of attention from foreign dudes. So that was probably like the majority of the reason why I got over that other guy. But when Hell I yeah. came back, I was like, fine. So, um, you know, just take a vacation if you can. Uh, also, there was a study that showed that 95% of GIs who were addicted to coke in the Vietnam War, when they returned to America, they were no longer addicted to the cocaine. So just being in like a different setting helped them get out of that drug addiction. So, you know, trust the GIs. Um, time heals all wounds. That actually uh, is real. Helen yeah. Fisher says that activity in the brains associated with attachment addiction decreases like with time. So, you know, just do that. Breakup beanie. This is uh, something that I made up myself. When I broke up with my ex, I was very upset just for a couple days, though. Um, and to... <laughs> okay, Elon. Uh, I didn't know what to do with my hands. I just felt, like, super anxious. And, like, I did bar class, and I was like, that's disgusting. I can't do that anymore. Uh, so I went to a knitting shop, and I, or, or a yarn shop, because I don't knit, I crochet. And I made a beanie and I fucked it up. I never made a beanie before. I fucked it up and I had to keep like undoing it and redoing it, like looking at this YouTube video. And by the end of it, like a week after, I had just taken my mind completely off this guy. Uh, and then I was really over him and I feel like he's still hung up on me. So he kind of yeah. needs to make a beanie as well. <laughs> this is something I learned while studying for this or researching for this uh, TEDx presentation. Uh, I literally just learned about it today and I was like, whoa, this explains so much about the own my way that I like, you know, have relationships with people, which is pretty unhealthy. <laughs> um, so Dorothy Tenov, which I like, she kind of sounds Jewish. I don't know. <laughs> Elon, what do you know? Ten Tenov? No, I don't yeah, know. It sounds Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> so to, to preface this like basically when you get so insane and you're just like checking your Instagram story to see or like the, the people who are looking at it to see like who's watching it when you turn your phone on on like loud at night just to make sure that you answer the person back who's texting you and you're just being absolutely insane <laughs> this is going to explain all of that and whoever of you guys feel the same way as I do like we're going to be okay I promise <laughs> you so Dorothy Tenov um, coined this term limerence I know it's like kind of gross, like reminds me of Lyme disease, but you're going to love it at the end of this. So she wrote this paper or this book, Love and Limerence, the experience of being in love in 1979. So this bitch was feeling this shit back then too. <laughs> okay. Limerence is the involuntary state of intensive romantic desire slash unrequited love. Key words, unrequited love. When you are so into someone solely because they are not into you, okay? <laughs> uh, limerent, that is a person, person suffering from the state. The limerent object is the person of desire. So I feel like this has a lot to do with daddy issues. Raise your hand if you have any daddy issues. <laughs> yes, we got a good crowd. My brother's raising his hand as well. <laughs> Birds of a feather. Love to see it. <laughs> Uh, on, on my note card, I wrote, no, just me. I'm very happy that other people joined me. <laughs> Next. Thank you, Rachel. That was so dominant and sexy and commanding. <laughs> <laughs> so you think you're a limerent. I don't know if that's the right way to say it, but like, you know. Okay, so here's some things we can look to. If you're checking off more than one, you're a fucking limerent. All right. <laughs> Compulsive and obsessive. If you check if you watch someone's Instagram story too many times, okay, 
you're compulsive and obsessive. The thing about being a sex influencer is I've got <laughs> almost 60,000 followers. If you're not following me already, please do, at Horgasmic. And I can't scroll through to see if my crush is watching. Um, but I do on my personal account. Anyway, <laughs> um, if you're doing that, uh, that could be a sign. Attachment increase in presence of barriers. If you feel like that person is pulling away and you start getting like super like, oh my God, like I need them, red flag. Uh, intrusive thoughts and fantasies. If you absolutely cannot stop thinking about them, no matter how hard you try, which is me constantly, that's a red flag. Emotional swings from bliss to hatred. All right, if this dude or girl or however they identify themselves as, if they are not responding to you within two minutes and then you delete your entire text messaging thread, you delete their contact, you block them from everything, and then they reach out to you somehow and then you add them back, that's a red flag. <laughs> Reading into things. If they text you, hey, with two eyes, and you think... They want to fuck me. Honestly, you're probably right. I can't think of a better example right now, but if you're reading too much into things, that's a red flag. Scheduling around them. So uh, I, I'm not sure if this like really counts because it was the first time I met up with this guy, um, but it was on Tinder and a Jewish dude. He was in like deep Brooklyn and I was in the Upper East Side. Sorry, I was like just talking to Miriam just now. Um, and I traveled like two hours basically to see this dude. And I, I, I guess I was a limerent for him, if that's a saying, because why would I do that? Why would I like fuck up my entire day just to go see him? Probably because of daddy issues. I don't know. Uh, but if you're like fixing your whole work week around them or like skipping friends activities to go see this person, that's a red flag. Wait, I have a question. I don't know if you'll answer this later. How does limerence differ from infatuation? Great question. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> you're kind of like walking on a, a, a tightrope between infatuation and limerence. And infatuation can, as Miriam explained before, it can turn into um, attachment. Limerence is kind of like cray-cray banane behavior uh, where you're just like, you don't, it's not really about the person, it's more about yourself. And people who experience this kind of stuff, they have lower levels of serotonin and that can lead to um, uh, being very anxious. And the anxiety of, and basically the whole thing about limerence and, and the object of limerence um, is that you are just trying to get that person to love you, which is why I mentioned daddy issues beforehand. Um, when you have had someone who is raising you and like you have just this fear of abandonment and then it's very difficult for you to create these relationships or interpersonal relationships with these other people because you're so scared they're going to leave you and like your goal is to get them to like you no matter what. Like even if they don't respect you, if they don't even care about anything you do, as long as they want to be with you, then like, I feel like that's the difference. Whereas infatuation can turn into something healthy. Limerence usually doesn't, although there is a slight chance that it can. Okay. And is it kind of like once they like you back, you're kind of like, eh. Yeah. Okay. How to get over the person you fucked three times who you're obsessing over. I don't know if this is like just personal anecdotes or you guys can relate to this. First, all hope is lost. Basically, if they ghost you and there's just like no point of return, 
Um, even if you've messaged them like 10 times, they're not answering. Ultimately, you get that message that like they're not into you. You're never going to see their genitals again. You're like, okay, there's nothing I can do. That's it. So that's kind of a sad one. Reciprocation. This is kind of even sadder, I guess. So once it hits that peak moment of acceptance, once they actually like you and you're like, ew, you... <laughs> You like me, there must be something wrong with you. But no, it's more like you've, it's, you've obtained that goal that you were striving for. And once you got that, you don't care about them anymore. This happened to me a lot in high school. And I, I had just gotten back from fat camp. All my best friends, all my guy friends were super into me. Uh, and I was just kind of bouncing in between them because I was like, as soon as they liked me, I was like, I don't care for that anymore. Go to the best <laughs> friend. They liked me. I don't care for you. And then the other friend was in. And then ultimately, I'm not friends with any of them really anymore. <laughs> Moving on. New shiny toy. Um, rebounds. Okay? You just find someone else to be obsessed with. You know? Just prolong your problems. If all help is lost, therapy. Who here is in therapy? Not enough of you. Wow, like really not enough of you, unless you're just shy about it, and that's totally fine. Should we do the question song? We heard you've got a sex question. Well, you've come to the right place. Unless your question's about something unrelated like types of snakes. Well, if your question's about sex, not snakes, then ask it here on Sex Questions. <laughs> Obsessed. Um, so also Ariel. OMG. Yeah, yeah, the same way you do. I know, it's shocking. Another Jewish girl. Um, but I think it was in the limerence section where it talked about how you have more of an attachment when there are boundaries. Could you elaborate a bit on that? I don't know if it was limerence or maybe infatuation. Barriers, but I think was. Barriers, yeah. yes, barriers. Yes, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I mean, basically, like, the whole thing is about, like, unrequited love. So, like, when they start pulling away, you know when, like, you feel someone start pulling away and you're like, Eh, like maybe they want me to like smother them like extra <laughs> that's basically what that is so when you feel them to start pulling away like don't do that don't go in like like extra drive my name is broderick first time long time um <laughs> <laughs> so i guess the question i have is you know when you reach that point where like you feel the acceptance and then kind of it fades away what are kind of steps maybe to get over that do you mean like once you feel like they do like you and then you get anxiety about it yes Exactly. Like in the early stage of date, dating? Yes. That's exactly what I mean. Yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, let's, do you want to brainstorm? When they like you back. And now you're like, now what? Okay. You know what? I think if, if they have very clearly stated that they like you and you're like very anxious about it, I think you should go to therapy. But I also think you should tell them. And be like, you like me and I, I like you, but I'm also anxious right now. You could also communicate. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, if that's someone that you want to form a relationship with, then you should be able to come to them when you're feeling anxious and weird. Um, and if they've expressed that they like you, then they probably are down to hear it. I and if assume. they're not? 
And if they're not, then that just shows you who they are and you can move on to the next one. Don't waste your time. Or you can pine over them for like a really long time. <laughs> Those are both options. <laughs> you choose. <laughs> Anybody else got a cue? Yes. These sort of behavior patterns of, uh, what are they called? Limerence? Um, it sounds very similar to people with borderline personality disorder, their pattern of like being attracted to people and then like having super intense like mood swings and difference. Do you think there's a sort of, and also a lot of borderline personality comes from like childhood trauma, like daddy issues. So do you think there's a sort of, um, connection there between those sort of behavior patterns? I will say that I am not a professional and nothing I say (laughs) is valid. It's not invalid, but I will say you can call my mother. Uh, hit me up if you want a psychoanalyst. Um, I, I know about borderline disorder from her-ish. And I think that, I think all of it just stems from a fear of rejection. And I really can't speak to borderline. Um, so I would, you know, consult the expert Google. But didn't you say that no. people with depression maybe are more likely to fall into limerence? Or did I make that up? People who have like low serotonin, mm. um, who are just, yeah, very anxious and like fear of rejection and, and who have been raised with like abandonment issues. Yeah. And like that will make you like all like wonky and how you relate to people because you are just in this constant fear that nobody likes you. And when you see, so that's like when I talked about reading into text messages, when you get that second why and you're like, oh, fuck yes. like that could just be them being friendly but you don't know and you're just trying to grasp at anything that like confirms that somebody likes you because you really think the world hates you again I don't really remember what your question is but I hope that helped somehow (laughs) anybody else yes hey guys big fan (laughs) Um, for those of us who are on hormonal birth control I know that that can kind of play into the feelings of attachment and then the cadence of your hormones at any given time. Do you have any suggestions for separating out what is like due to the birth control, like feelings Mm -hmm. of attachment you might have that might be more attributed to your fluctuations in hormone levels um, and maybe how to combat that? And also related to sex drive. You can answer any (laughs) or none of that question. I have a birth control answer. Um, I know that when you're on birth control, your body thinks you're pregnant. And when your body thinks you're pregnant, you're going to be more attracted to people who, like, specifically... Are rich. <laughs> well, people who, like, you think can take... So they looked at um, women. They sent them... You know those tests? Or maybe you don't. Basically, there's a lot of these uh, scientific studies where they send people T-shirts that pe- other people have worn, and they yes. smell them. And then they decide, like, if you want to fuck this person or not, based on their <laughs> smell. Um, and they did a study on women who were pregnant versus women who weren't pregnant. And women who were pregnant uh, were more down to fuck. M- women who were pregnant were more down to fuck or like date p- men who maybe had like less uh, had low. Actually, not maybe men who had lower levels of testosterone. Um, and they did the same sort of study where women were looking at pictures of men. And women who are pregnant want men with lower levels of testosterone because high levels of testosterone are associated with aggression, um, whereas women who aren't pregnant are associated with high levels of testosterone because it's sexy and you're just trying to bang and get it, you know, get your nut. But if you want like a provider and someone's gonna who's gonna stay there for a while, you want someone who is softer, who's gonna stay with you, who's not gonna leave you and fuck someone else. Um, so. 
that's kind of what's happening with you on birth control, I feel like, maybe. <laughs> but I also, yeah, you specifically, just you and no one else. <laughs> but I also feel like um, if you're attached to someone and you stop taking birth control, that's not going to change. So I don't think it's just the hormones. I just think maybe you're more down to or willing to give someone a chance because of the hormones. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> Um, just on the topic of birth control, because my roommate and I, Rachel, were just talking about this, um, because I'm currently not on any birth control. <laughs> I'm super She's fertile. So fertile. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did make an appointment for next week to get um, the the IUD again. Yes. And the first time I went on the IUD, I was with my ex, and right at like the six month mark, which for um, people who identify as men, uh, that is when you're like all the side effects are supposed to stop. Um, so right at the six week, six month mark, um, I, that's when like shit was going down with my ex and me. And I thought, and he also, well, mainly he planted this in my head. He thought that I was like upset with our relationship because of the birth control. So I got it taken out. Um, and then I started going back on the pill. And the reason I haven't been on the pill is because my like, in my, um, uh, insurance thing does like a mail order sort of type sitch for like my birth control so it's really annoying to get a hold of so I just haven't gotten it gotten it in a while because I'm lazy um, but anyway the birth control so I blamed like our relationship on the birth on the IUD like making me act insane so that's why I've been very nervous to get on a new one and Rachel and I were just talking about how like different ones do different things and basically it's just really fucked for women because we don't know what birth control is going to do what to who just kind of like SSRIs and uh, all antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds. You just have to try all of them until you see what works for you. So if you feel like something is making you act a different way, I would probably talk to a doctor and like see what you can switch to, even though that's such a pain in the ass. Um, and I'll update you guys on what I get next or in uh, two weeks from yeah. now. And you, I think you also mentioned birth control affecting sex drive. That for me is a deal breaker. Uh, when I stopped taking my birth control, I switched from the pill to IUD and my sex drive, which already was high enough, got really high. That's why I've been fucking so much more lately. <laughs> That's why. That's why. <laughs> and, you know, surf instructors. <laughs> yeah. All right. Anyone have a last cue? No? You guys are just so informed. You're going to be on the podcast, your voice. Like Put this a is plug. a once in a lifetime opportunity. It could even be about us. Like what? What? You know, ask us a question. <laughs> Nobody. Not okay. All right. Oh. Huh? No. Yeah. No. Yeah. Oh yeah. No. Yeah. You can ask a second one for sure. But you can't ask three. Magic rule. Um, is it normal to be like a little bit in love with all your friends? A hundred percent. Yes. <laughs> well, are you talking romantic or platonic? In love. I mean, recently I felt very much in love with all my friends. Aww. <laughs> it could be because of the anti-anxiety meds. I don't know. <laughs> I just stopped taking them, so we'll soon find out, you guys. <laughs> um, I've I, definitely felt like when I've been around a certain person that like, I'm friends with who I don't want to... Yeah, you and mo everyone, everyone, all my friends who are here. Like, I felt moments where my heart was just flying. Like, my heart. I could feel it, you know? Like, feeling true, genuine love. 
So yeah. Yeah, no, I don't think that's anything wrong. I think that your heart is just really full and that's super sweet and an adorable question to ask. (laughs) Does anybody else have an adorable question? No, you guys are not adorable, none of y'all. Okay, well, I guess we should choose the winner of the the giveaway. Yeah. Yeah. Emma, can you do a little jingle while we deliberate? I can do like a... Oh, okay, wait, I can play something too. I never took piano lessons. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was self-taught. Oh, okay. Incredible. The judges have come to a decision. And I don't know if our winner is visible anymore. Where did she go? I don't know. I don't know where this bitch is. Oh, <laughs> 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 where she is. It's Lily! Lily, Lily. Woo! Woo! Thank you guys so much. This is a lot of fun. Uh, I hope you all have an amazing Valentine's Day. Emma, can you plug your... My name is Emma Blackman. You can find me on like Spotify, iTunes, wherever. Um, I play shows sometimes. I'm in a couple bands. I don't know. Follow me on Instagram. It's young Emma B. But like young, like I'm a rapper, but I'm not. Why you? Just a quick note about Emma. I went to her concert last night. She played an hour of original music. So funny. Beautiful. Dulcet voice. I was so horny the entire time. Like my nipples were hard. It was amazing. And now we have a special song from the woman I was just speaking about. Dry humping clothes in the back of your car. You were asleep in the driver's seat I wouldn't let him take it too far I just wanted a secret to keep Seven minutes in heaven Feels like forever When we're too scared to look each other in the Suburban sprawl balled up in my hands Throwing punches to pass the time Nothing bigger than the park by your house No one higher than we used to get Seven minutes in heaven Feels like forever When we're too scared to look each other be the only exception but 
for now I have seven minutes in All I need is all I